Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Inside the Fitness Genie's Lamp. I always forget my own podcast name, but uh, welcome back. Today, we are going to be talking about everything weight loss surgery, the mentality behind it, and I have an amazing guest for you uh, in seeing less of Sarah or just Sarah, if you're feeling naughty. <laughs> yep, you're always feeling naughty with me. <laughs> First name basis. <laughs> First name basis. So... Uh, for those of you out there who, for some reason, don't know who Sarah is, Sarah, if you could introduce yourself, give us a little bit of a who you are, that's about it. Who, who are you? <laughs> hey, guys, I'm Sarah. Um, <laughs> I have been on a health and fitness journey solidly for the last four years, but I also want to say my whole dang life. Um And I had weight loss surgery in July of last year, and I'm currently 55 kilos down. Um, But I am not just the sum of the weight that I've lost in that time. I've also learned so much about body positivity, what I enjoy doing with exercise. I've learned about nutrition and just like living life to the fullest because I didn't at 180 kilos which is where I started so that's a little snip snippet awesome I like snippets because we'll just keep we'll keep going with that yeah <laughs> um so essentially I'm just going to give you a platform because I mean you've already got your own goddamn platform so I suppose you're giving me a platform but we're just going to have a straight up conversation around first off the thing that comes to me And this used to be my mindset when I was like six months into the industry. It has since changed with everything that has gone on becoming good as a coach and as a fucking human, really. But the mindset behind the weight loss surgery being the easy way out. Yeah. When I was a young coach, I was like, I I didn't know anything about fucking mental health or mindset behind it or anything. I was just like, Oh, weight loss surgery. Just do this. It's a cheat. And I still see that around with other coaches as well. And then trying to have a conversation with them. It's just, I end up smashing my head against a wall behind. Why do you believe that? And they're just like, well, just fucking count calories. It's all about a calorie deficit. Just go into a calorie deficit. And as much as, that is what I preach to people that yes, it is a calorie deficit. There's so much more going on behind the scenes, how like getting into a calorie deficit. Some people I've spoken to that had weight loss surgery, they don't even know what a calorie deficit is, or they feel like shit from their personal trainer who is just fucking berating them about why did you eat that on the weekend? You're this, you're that. And that mentality behind it. So I suppose the question for yourself would be what made you consider weight loss surgery in the first place? Or, and I suppose like a second, like a 2A sort of question to that. What would you say to the people that say weight loss surgery is the quote unquote easy way out? I will be 100% completely honest with you. And I'm super honest with anyone who asks me. I used to buy into the stigma that it was the easy way out, that anyone who had it, was cheating, that it wasn't the proper way to lose weight. And it took me being exposed to people who have had weight loss surgery and used it as a successful tool to long-term health for me to realise that it's not the easy way out. And I'll be really honest, there are people out there that are using it 
I suppose is an easy way to drop a whole bunch of kilos and not actually changing their mindset and the way they, and their knowledge, you know, they're not educating themselves on how to properly look after themselves and feed themselves. But I would like to say that the vast majority of people I know are actually using it as a tool to be able to lose the large amount of weight that they need to lose. Like I, I know about calorie deficit, all about it. I, as I said, I've been dieting since I was 10. I've done every diet under the sun. I've known what a calorie deficit is probably since 15, but no matter how hard I tried at being in that deficit, whether it was like counting my macros or doing weight watches, which is technically calorie deficit just in a different way, nothing ever worked long-term or gave me the solution to be able to lose the amount of weight that I needed to lose. And like, as I said, my top weight was just under 180 kilos and at 180 kilos, it takes a long, long time to lose that weight just through calorie deficit. You know, if you're saying that a, that a healthy weight loss is, you know, half a kilo to a kilo a week, if you think about the fact that I potentially have to lose hundred kilos, for me, being able to access something like surgery helped me drop that weight faster. But it wasn't until we, sorry, it wasn't, oh, hang on. I know that you can edit all of this. <laughs> um, I, when I started my weight loss journey in 2017, the reason that I started was because I had this thought go through my head that was just like, fuck it, I'll just get surgery. And then I thought, no, I don't want to give up and choose that way because at that stage I was thinking that surgery was cheating. And then it was something that I really struggled with for a long time. And it sort of got to the start of 2019. And I started this really bad habit of secret Googling weight loss surgery at nighttime and then agonizing over it. And so for about six months, I was doing that until I finally made the decision and I spoke to my loved ones about it. And they were like, yep, we support you in whatever you do. And so then I had a 12 month wait before I could get my surgery. And that was honestly the best thing that could have happened because it gave me the time to, I really, really, I'd already really, really researched it, but really researched it into what life after surgery was like, rather than what life leading to the surgery was going to be like. And it also gave me the chance to focus on my mindset in the lead up to surgery. Um, and I suppose the reason I'd gotten to that stage of deciding to have surgery is because I'd been trying for so long with, I would say, minimal results for what I needed to do. And I'm not getting any younger. I want to have a family. And that wasn't happening at the weight that I was at. So I thought I need to be able to access something extra that I haven't yet tried. And when you've tried everything except that, um, I thought, well, what else? What what? Like all, oh, sorry, what's this? What do I say? Um, the, the worst thing that could happen is that I could succeed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That I could succeed in losing weight. And I feel now, I look at the person that I was this time last year, and I feel like that person wasn't that long ago, even though we've had a huge 12 months worldwide. I honestly don't recognize that person. I look at photos and I'm like, that's what I look like. And I'm able to do things now simple things like I'm talking I'm able to do a standing quad stretch like you don't realize how yeah. amazing it is to do simple things like that until you can't do them you know I can sit with my legs crossed comfortably um yeah it's 
I wanted to be able to take back control of my life and surgery is the one way that I've been able to do that. Yep. And it definitely isn't cheating because let me tell you, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, what was the sort of like the first off, the thing that I love most about that is the fact that you actually research life after surgery as opposed to getting like the getting the surgery and then it being as soon like the lead up to it. And then as soon as I get the surgery, that's it. Like that's, that's success for me. Yeah. And I think that we often look at, okay, what is a, the surgery going to be like? What do they do? What pain am I going to be in? And then a lot of people would say, oh, but you know, think about the food you won't be able to eat. And I'll be honest, that's something that I worried about for a little while. Or when people would talk about surgery, they'd be like, you know, why don't you have surgery? I'd be like, oh, I love food too much. But I enjoy my food just as much now as I did back then. If anything, I actually enjoy it more because I always say I have to have the best bites first because how many, who knows how many bites I can have. Yep. But then I realized that like life shouldn't revolve around the amount of food we're eating. Life should revolve around the things that we can do and the life that we can live. And so for me, I was, I looked at like, I have a fantastic community online of people who have had weight loss surgery or are currently going through weight loss surgery. And for me, it was looking at those people, the, the veterans in our community who were, um, you know, three, four, five years post-op and being able to see the way that they lived their life. It helped me see the way that I could live my life, but it was also really good to see the struggles that they still have. It's not a magic wand that helps you lose weight and then you've lost weight forever and cool you're good to go it's you still if anything really need to learn about how to um, nourish your body because we have to nourish it in a smaller amount than what a regular person um, would do so being able to see people and I suppose see their triumphs and um, you know and their failures helped me see that the actual you know the actual reality of what future was going to be post-surgery awesome sweet i like that you actually had the community and looked at the like quote unquote veterans that had yeah. done it and were like three four five years post-surgery i'm sure like, they'd hate me calling them veterans <laughs> <laughs> back in my day yeah, exactly but you know i feel i feel like online there is a there's a really big australian weight loss community and i'm not just talking surgery but i'm talking like everybody trying to lose weight and that's what i was in but and then when you sort of branch off into the surgery area it is even bigger and it's gotten so much bigger in the time that i've been in our community you know four years but then there are a few people that Oh, no. I found it was fantastic because I could follow people that had just had surgery and as I said, and people who had had surgery ages ago. So it was great to be able to actually like have that scope. Yep. Look at everything all at yeah. once. Yep. That's awesome. The thing that sort of sticks out to me, like, yes, you did your fucking research, which is what a lot of people do not do. As what I'm finding anyway, everything that I'm speaking about is from my perspective and shit that I've experienced the way that yeah. everybody does. But I just say that um, because I do work with a fair bit of people that have had weight loss surgery. And it wasn't until I had 
five, six, seven clients. And then it started building up from, I don't even know how many clients I've had now that have had weight loss surgery of it's not so much the, the surgery where it's going to like, you're going to get this and, and then it's going to save your life. It's yes. It is going to be like the first step towards doing that. Like obviously lose the weight, get to wherever you want to do, start doing everyday tasks a little bit simpler, but I cannot tell you the amount of clients that I have had that have had weight loss surgery reached out to me because they didn't do anything during surgery. And they're now reaching out to me because they're going, hang on a minute. I've had weight loss surgery. Now I'm starting to put on weight. What the absolute fuck? Like, what do I do? And it's not until I go, okay, cool. Like you've had weight loss surgery. Cool. That's, that's done. That's your first step. That's what you've done. The next thing now is where do you go from here? And nobody has that answer. Nobody even questions themselves on it. They just live in that, okay, surgery is going to be the thing. And it was so, it was so fucking good to hear you just say, you looked at what you were going to do after, before you even got the surgery. I love that. (laughs) And like, I know that the first 12 to 18 months, you know, you're sweet. They're like, yeah, you know, starvation mode, you're going to lose weight. It's all good it's not sweet. Like, let me tell you, it's, it's, it's learning a whole new relationship with your body. Um, that first three to four months. And even now I've, what am I like seven, near eight months out, something like that. Um, even now things are still changing again. Like it's consistently like month to month learning what your body's doing and the amount you can eat and how it functions and all of this stuff. But I see people that are like 18 months to two years. I've got a friend, she's like two and a half years post-op and has regained because she, in her post-op time, she didn't keep in contact with her dietitian. Mind you, I haven't spoken to my dietitian, but I haven't felt like I've needed to. But in the lead up to, um, to surgery and, you know, recently after surgery, I think I've seen her about six times in total. You know, we were consistently talking to each other, which meant that I had that support there and also had the education around what life was going to be like. And I see people who don't do that education regaining and then being like, oh, what do I do now? And you'll sometimes see them go, oh, I'm just going to have revision surgery. I'll go from sleep to bypass. And I'm like, shouldn't you look at actually nourishing yourself in a proper way and maybe exercising because I also seem to find that there's this thought out there that if you start exercising you stop losing weight um which is okay like I since I've started exercising yeah my weight loss has slowed down but my measurements have gotten smaller my body has changed because I'm I personally lost a lot of muscle during the two surgeries that I had because I had my gallbladder out three months after my weight loss surgery and so I know now that building that muscle back up building that tone is obviously changing my body shape but yeah maybe not changing it on the scales but I think that a lot of people see that as failure because they're like oh my scales aren't changing I'm going to stop exercising them because then I'll lose weight quicker yeah like that's one thing that I see and that really bugs me and I actually I had a friend say she's like oh yeah I'm not going to exercise because um, I won't lose weight okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what do you mean? That doesn't what? make sense. <laughs> I don't get it. I get it. And I think everyone's like, oh, I need to be losing two to three kilos a week. I'm like, 
you really don't. That's actually not sustainable or healthy. Like, yeah. I've got... But, yeah. Yeah, I've got a... um. Well, by the time people hear this, this is being recorded on the Wednesday. This will go up on the Monday. But I've just recorded a rant, which is going up today. It is quite literally about that, about losing weight too quickly, expectations, detaching from the scales. It was meant to be a two-minute thing. Like, if I'm just going to put the podcast on pause right here, I'm still probably going to fucking yeah. post it because I'm lazy. But it was meant to be like this two, three-minute thing of like, here's why your goals crap. It turned into this full rant about box gyms and low calorie things. And it went for like eight minutes and oh my God, it was the best thing ever. I was editing it, pissing myself laughing. I'm like, if this flops, I'm fine with that because I'm laughing at it. So it's fine. <laughs> but like, I look, I'll admit I've had moments where I've like slapped myself up the head and been like, stop being a dickhead because there have been, I remember going in for my six month post-op, which was actually about a five month one because we wanted to go in before Christmas. And I said to my surgeon, I feel like I'm not losing weight quick enough. She's like, Sarah, how much weight have you lost? And I was like, oh, I think it was 43 kilos or something at that stage, which had meant that from the April, so in a, you know about what eight months or something like that, I'd lost 35 kilos. Yeah. She's like, I don't know what you're saying. Like, why are you saying this? She's <laughs> like, is your life better? Are you able to, like all these things that you're telling me that you can do now, you know, and I, I chose the right surgeon because she's not like, you have to get to a goal weight of, you know, what your BMI says, which for me is like 65 kilos. Good luck with that. Um, she's like, I want you to be holistically healthy and living your life. And yep. so there's still times that I need to remind myself of that because even if you are very in tune with um, I suppose like losing weight and in the scale, uh, being on the scales and all of that jazz, we st- I still have moments where I'm like, oh, should I have lost more? And then I'm like, oh, you stupid bitch. Just get off the scales and remember all the shit you can do now that you couldn't do back then. Exactly. Like there's, like I've had some clients that have gone through the program and they're like, oh, I want to lose like eight kilos as a rough example. And I straight up tell them, okay, cool. I'm probably going to get you about four kilos. They end up losing about three kilos and they're like, oh, well, you know, I didn't lose eight kilos. And I'm like, no, but you've had to buy a completely new wardrobe or you're fitting into old clothes that you were complaining about. You're waking up and like every box that we could have that could be potentially a health marker of like sleep, energy, focus, like weight loss, body composition, whatever it is. Yeah, the scales didn't show up, but would you rather be having all of those extra health markers like essentially 99 boxes out of 100 were ticked and you've been better but one of them of the scales wasn't so you're upset about it yeah and you're like oh yeah like when you i mean when you put it like that like of course i'm gonna put it like that it's the only fucking thing that matters like <laughs> and like i try really hard not to set myself weight goals because i've done that in the past and it's inevitably led me to fail and so you know i'm currently doing the anytime fitness challenge because i thought why not it, for me, I did it more as having a focus to keep consistent with my training because I was not, that's what I was struggling with. Yep. And so I didn't say I want to lose 10 kilos in 12 weeks. I was like, my general goal is just to lose fat, gain muscle. If it's 0.01 percentage on that body scan thing they do, change either way, 
I'm happy because I've like ticked my goal. But the only weight goal that I have made for myself is that I would like to get under 100 kilos by my year anniversary. But I'm kind of sitting here at the moment thinking that that may not happen because it's still like 23 kilos off. But I'm also kind of like my other goal was to be about a size 16 to 18. And I am that on the top at the moment and I'm about a 20 on the bottom. So it's kind of weird sitting here being like, "Hmm, I feel like I've already partially made my goal and it's not a weight related goal. So yeah, even the, even the best of us sometimes get caught up in the numbers. (laughs) Yeah. And like I do as well. I don't have like, I don't, I haven't had weight loss surgery. I don't think apart from one time in my life where I was 104 kilos where I've ever had an issue with weight. Like obviously when I was 104 kilos, I was happy ish. Like that was when I was at my heaviest, but I had a full-time job. So I was like, Oh, I'm going to go buy all the fucking food in the world. Cause I've never been able to do that. That was off yeah. the back of me being homeless. So I was like, I'm going to go fucking pig out. I'm making like 800 bucks a week. I'm balling. <laughs> Which is an incredibly normal response to that. Like, yeah. yeah. So I 100% get it. That was off the back of that. But then for, I, I don't know why I've just been, I suppose, I suppose blessed with the, idea of well this is what i want i have to go get it like this is how i'm going to do it and if i don't get it or it looks like i'm not going to be getting it then i will 100 like 180 pivot and do something else with it like if i wanted yeah. to lose 10 kilos and i got to about five and it looks like getting that extra five kilos isn't going to be possible for me i'll just be like boom just kidding i was bulking this entire time and then <laughs> I'll focus on strength or I'll focus on a different health marker or I'll focus on something that may not be the straight line of success. But if I fucking dip, dove, dip, dove, dip, dodge, dive, dive, (laughs) all that shit from dodgeball. If I do that, it may not be a straight line, but at least I can sort of zigzag my way there. And then it's Which is still a sign of success anyway, because being able to, being able to know when you may not complete a goal, but then being like tangible, I can't think of the, but you know, a sign of success is being able to recognize when you may not actually be able to do something, but being able to go, all right, let's readjust. Yeah. Being flexible and willing to adapt and diversity and stuff. Yeah. That was a good And I kind of, I kind of feel like, with me, with surgery, uh, if I had have done it when I started, I would have been looking at it as failure. And yet maybe some people looked at me having surge- surgery as a failure. But for me, I looked at it as in, all right, what I'm doing, I can see that I'm not really going to succeed. I need to divert, do something else and, you know, reevaluate and move forward. Yeah. And it's, it's awesome when you start to work on that as opposed to like the, the thing that I'll fucking always preach is, and, and you know this better than fucking anyone probably, but the purpose behind weight loss of, yeah, you want to lose this weight, but why? Weight loss is going to be the first surface level thought that you are going to have to cover up the fact of something else is going on or what's going on in your head or what's this, what's that, what's that. And when it comes to any sort of weight loss and if I lose X amount of weight, then I'll be happy. Or 
even for yourself of if I get to a hundred kilos, that's where I'll be happy or anything like this. Not saying you've said that, but as an example, I've 100% um, said that though, which is now that I hear you say it is ridiculous because like, I am so happy, but like, I know, I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I was literally just about to say that yeah. in, your, in your head. Yeah. <laughs> in my head. Some stage said hundred kilos, then I'll be happy. Everybody yeah. does it. I've even done it to myself. All my clients do it. But the reality is you're a fuckload happier now than like getting to hundred kilos for you is going to be arbitrary for the fact of where you were, where you are now. So yeah. looking at when you were 180 to where you are now, exact same as what I just said, you're ticking, well, in your case, 100% of the boxes, but because your expectations are way up here of I'll get to, I'll get to under 100 and then I'll be happy. Or if I can yeah. do this, I'll be happy. If you look at where you were, where you are, compare them and remove expectations from it, you'll be exponentially happier being in the moment because you know where you've been yeah so I, I think as well like for me personally um uh, I had to go on a different journey before I could even look at working on my health and for me it was actually learning to love myself and and you know being in that body positive space and I quite often get a lot of people asking me you know I want to lose weight or, you know, how do I do this? Or how are you so confident? Or, you know, I've lost a kilo, a kilo or two. I just can't even look at myself in the mirror though. And I'm like, girl or boy, but generally girl, because yep. um, <laughs> that's my demographic. Yep. But I'm like, girl, you need to like not even worry about the weight side of things and like work on loving yourself first because just because you might lose weight doesn't mean that you, like, yeah, you might lose 20 kilos and you'll be like, yeah, I've lost 20 kilos. But if you haven't actually worked on that psychological and emotional, um, you know, self-worth, no matter what you weigh on a scale, it's not going to matter. You know, at, at 180 kilos, yeah, I might not have been happy because life was painful, but I still loved myself. Like I had done a really, I'd done hard yards on learning to love myself at any size, which is why I think I get to now. And I am so happy in what I'm doing because I'd worked on that first. Like, I think that is number one, the most important thing to work on, honestly, yeah. because, you know, yeah. What's a number on a scale if you're going to be unhappy with yourself at any number? Yeah, exactly. Like you've just and wasted all that hard work. <laughs> <laughs> you're fucked it now, Sarah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that, that's that is the biggest thing when someone comes on board or they we even just like chat like a prospective client for example trying to get them to switch their mindset behind weight loss and then self-love and what was it it was a master class that i did like fucking ages ago and for about half an hour i reckon i spoke on self-love of like yeah you can do calorie tracking yes you can get up earlier Yes, you can go for your workouts and you need accountability. They were like the things I was sort of just like, if you want to do it in a logical sense, do, do that. Like just this small window of something. But if you want to see these massive life-changing results, 
you need to start talking to yourself in a better way because whether I was at 104, whether I was at 70, no matter what it said on the scale, if I was depressed, I was depressed. I wasn't depressed at 100 kilos. I wasn't depressed at 70 kilos. I was just straight up depressed. I didn't worry about what the fucking scale said. I was like, oh man, I can't get out of bed today. I'm not going into work. And I'm not worthy for this. Like I think that that's so many people don't believe they're worthy. And that's the first thing that you need to start telling yourself that you are worthy of being able to live the best life you can live. Mm. Whether that be in a happy life or in a smaller body or in a better job or with the person that you love or just wearing brighter colors. Like you're worthy to do all of that shit, you know? Yeah. It was like, that was a big thing for me was straight up psychologist. He was just like, so tell me why you're here. I was like, well, I don't, I don't fucking know. Like, I'm just a worthless piece of shit. Why the fuck? Why am I here? Doctor told me to be here. I don't want to be here. And then that unraveled absolutely everything. And at the time I wasn't a PT. I wasn't who I am today. I was working at a pizza shop for $12 an hour. I'm like, well, what I'm doing isn't going to change a fucking world. It's not going to, you know, it's not this big high-end job. It's not this, it's not that. How am I meant to provide for a family? This, that, that. And he was just like, well, whether you make $12 an hour or whether you make $1,200 an hour, as long as you can potentially someday be happy in what you're doing. Like if you're, if you don't show up to work at $12 an hour to make pizzas, how does someone else that wanted pizza that night get pizza? So then you've potentially made a family happy because they managed to get their Friday night pizzas. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess. But then, you know, why don't they just hire someone else or why don't they just do this? And he's like, but you just told me that you were good at what you do. I was like, yeah, that's why, that's why I manage the place. And he's like, exactly. So if you weren't there, maybe they could hire someone else, but they're not going to replace you. They can put another body there, but they're not going to put another mind there. So everything that you have and the experience that you have and the person that you are, they can't replace that. They can replace a body, but they can't replace you. So when I heard that, I was like, fucking, all right, Mr. Psychologist degree person, university guy. And then I started thinking about everything that I was, that everything that I know and everything that I had experienced and gone through, I was like, okay, well, there has to be a bigger reason to why I'm here. And then I just sort of started thinking about, okay, well, I'm $12 an hour. How do I get $15 an hour? How do I get $20 an hour? How do I? And then it just started becoming, well, I've identified that this job fucking sucks, but I can have fun doing it. And I'm just going to have fun doing it until I can leverage it into a better job until I can go to university, till I can do this, till I can do that. And then I just started looking at, literally what I said at the start of the call what's next that was the thing that I just kept asking myself and I still ask myself as soon as I do something now it's what's the intention behind it but then secondly is what's next like I don't want to do something and then it be dead end and then be like okay well that was fucking useless like if I'm going to do something exactly yeah so it's always now I know my purpose which is good never had a purpose till I met Beth. 
And then it yeah. was, okay, cool. Then started working with psychologists and doing a hell of a lot more. So my purpose now is what's driving me. And then the what, what's next is just a short-term goal that's going to keep putting me on path to eventually hit my purpose. And I know I'm never going to reach my purpose. So I might as well have fucking fun on the way there because I know that my purpose is always me in five years. So me at the moment, it's like, I'm going to be a good dad. I'm going to be an awesome partner. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. This is my purpose. This is what I want. And I know that eventually I'm going to hit that, but I know at some stage that's going to become a reality and my purpose will shift from I'm going to be a good dad. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Now it's going to be, okay, well, I am that. So now my purpose is about how do I provide for my family, but also be there for them. And the purpose is always going to shift in terms of what's going to bring me the most joy. And we can't always have the same purpose forever because if we did get to that purpose and be like, ah, I'm done. It's like playing your favorite video game, finishing and being like, oh, well, that was the best video game I ever played. And now nothing will compare. (laughs) <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like we yep. need to consistently be changing our direction because that's the way that life is. Like we are fluid in what we do. We, and we need to be, you know, recognizing when we can, ch- you know, change that purpose. Yeah. And I think the thing that really resonates with me when you're talking about what you've gone through and thinking about, you know, my journey as well is that, I feel like the one of the most important things is a, as I said, realizing that you're worthy to actually be able to make a change, but also be recognizing that it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. Because for you, it was seeing a psychologist, even though you may have been, you know, pushed in there or told to go by your doctor. Um, and for me, it was asking for help from a surgeon, like yep. two completely different journeys, but with the same backstory really you know the same first step of help yeah 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 and I think that a lot of people find asking for help as a you know as a is giving up and it's so not like that's actually the first step of taking control yeah I used to think it was a sign of weakness like and it's such a sign of strength yeah it was like for me as soon as it was anything that was like well I should be able to handle this I'm a man and that was the thing that was fucking hammered into me as soon as I was like as soon as I could fucking remember it was just like you're a man you don't cry you're a man you don't ask for help you do this you do that and then the older that I started getting when I hit that like 17 18 year old I think it was like 19 19 years old 20 was when I actually went to the psychiatrist and sorted my shit out but 18 was when I started seeing them and reaching out for help I realized that when I had spoken to so many people that I saw as like leaders authority figures whoever that was and I was like oh yeah nah and then like this massive wave of guilt or shame would come over me when I'm like oh yeah I'm um, um, seeing a psychiatrist every single person was like yeah I've done that too I'm like what are you fucking how why are you so happy if you've seen a psychiatrist? How does that happen? And they go, well, because you've been seeing a psychiatrist. A psychiatrist, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so, like every single person who most likely 
is, and I, I say this to my clients, but most likely every single person that you see as quote unquote goals or has the life that you want or anything that you see as a trait of somebody that you want, I can almost guarantee you that they have asked for help to achieve that thing because we would get fucking nowhere in life if we didn't ask for help. How the fuck do you think exactly. we build skyscrapers? Exactly. 100%. one guy in there with a bucket. It's like, fuck it, I got this. <laughs> one hammer. Like- <laughs> He's got one nail. <laughs> Uh, but no, 100%, 100%. Yep. Yeah. That is the thing that as soon as you can accept the amount of strength in asking for help and how much like people will just rally around you, like my, my business didn't take off until I said, Hey guys, here's everything that I've actually been dealing with. And here's what's been going on that's when people rallied around me and said, holy fuck, me too. And then I became a voicing board for those people that I had no idea were going through it. Yeah. I think vulnerability is so strong. Like I find that, you know, online that my most engaging, like the posts that I get the most engagement out of are posts where I am being really raw and vulnerable and just like laying it out there. You know, the times where I've been like, listen, this is actually pretty shit. And people go, oh, my God, like, she has those days too. And I'm like, oh, fuck, we're all human. Like, of course we all have shit days. Like, yeah, you know, it's but it, it just blows my mind that people, I think, look at people who are succeeding and go, oh, well, every day must be a success for them. Well, no, days wouldn't be successes without failures. You know, yeah. the good days aren't there unless you have the bad ones to, you know, to compare them to. Yeah. Because if they were all good days, life would be fucking boring. Yeah. So nothing to compare it to. Yeah. <laughs> nothing to build. It would just be normal. Like if everybody yeah. had superpowers. <laughs> and like, exactly. And, you know, there'd be nothing for us to build ourselves on. Mm. Because, you know, we've evolved and personally, everybody needs to evolve through their lives as well. And I think we sometimes forget about that that it's okay to change, that we're supposed to change. Yeah. Like mentally, physically, emotionally. Yeah. That's a big thing for people as well. Like everybody is living in the beliefs that they got when they were fucking seven, eight, nine years old. And it's like, well, you're an adult now. You're allowed to change your beliefs and everything like that. You're allowed to evolve. You're allowed to create your own identity. You're allowed to do whatever the fuck you want, really. Yeah. And like, I remember I spoke to a client and she was like, oh no, like I'm, uh, what was she? She was a nurse working as a nurse. I do this. I've done that for 20 years. Like, it's just who I am now. Um, but she had always wanted to go do something else. She's like, but all I know is nursing. I'm like, well, then guess what? What? Well, you're about to learn some new fucking skills, aren't you? Yeah. Cause like, yeah, all you know is nursing. Cause all you've done is nursing. But if you got another job in another industry and you're actually happy doing what you were doing and you changed paths, would it be, reasonable to accept that if you got that new job and learned the skills that you'd be good at the job well yeah i guess it's like well same as anything like nobody nobody jumped into the car with their learners and just like righto pops let's (laughs) Let's do this (laughs) like it's the same as anything like learning to drive ride a bike how to use a toilet like yeah we had to learn how to do that and now all of a sudden people have their like, 
they've got this massive ego about them because they can't do a certain skill because they've never done it before. Yeah, because we can't because we have been told by bigger society that failure is unattractive. Yep. When really it's actually really attractive to show it because it shows how human that we are, right? We're yeah. getting real philosophical here. Yes. Like <laughs> Good. and I feel I, like I feel that generationally as well, um, like we're the same, I'm a bit older than you, but we're um yep. in the same generation. And I think that where we are now being able to look at the way that we were raised and I'm not throwing shade on our parents because they were only raising us the best way that they thought that they could in general, Yep. you know, but society is so ingrained in us that it's taking to now when we're, you know, in our twenties and thirties, having to break those chains of societal expectations. And it's so different from women to men. Um, you know, you were saying about how you've grown up, you grew up being told, you know, boys don't cry and you've got to be strong. You're a man and all of that. And as a girl, it was, you've got to be like pretty and thin and quiet. And let me tell you, I've never been <laughs> thin or quiet. I'm not going to say I've never been pretty, but I've, <laughs> ne- <Work> never, been- <laughs> I've never been thin or quiet, but my whole life I've been told that I've been too much. And it's not, it's not been until sort of now when there's all these other people that are standing up saying, we are okay. It's okay to be too much. It's okay to be a sensitive man. It's okay to change. It's okay to not be who society says we should be. That I feel that we're starting to pave a really amazing way, hopefully for our children. Um, Because that change needed to happen. Let me tell you that much, but it's still taking a lot for us to get out of that stigma of where we're supposed to, what we're supposed to be doing and the lives that we're supposed to be living. Yeah. hundred percent agree with that. I don't have anything to add to it. It was perfect. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> and cut, chuck that in thousand likes. Cut print. <laughs> Share the story. Awesome. Uh, well, I believe I have one more question. Mm-hmm. Can't remember off the top of my That's head, so let me consult library. my. Oh, hang on. Sorry, Siri just started talking for some reason. <laughs> Keep going. Um. <clears throat> okay, so <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've already spoken about this, but Probably. the last the last thing that I have on there is essentially a little recap of. Mm. You, and this is completely underwhelming, but you were just under 180 kilos. Yeah. Received weight loss surgery. You are now 120? Uh, so my highest recorded weight's 178.8, but I know I was over 180 because I got on the scales at one stage and they were like, bam, bam. Um, <laughs> and then I didn't get back on them for a long time. <laughs> um, and then Max was 180. And I'm now, I think, 123.7. Tomorrow's weigh-in day. I weigh in on a Thursday because it's habit from surgery. Surgery was a Thursday. Um, But, yeah, so I'm 55.1 kilos down in total. Congratulations. Thank you. And I try not to look at it. My surgeon said to me, don't look at it as in, like, I've lost this much since surgery. And she's like, look at it as a whole because the weight that you lost before surgery counts as well. I was like thank you because I was getting in that really bad mindset of being like, Oh, such and such has lost this much since her surgery, but I've only lost this much. And 
And I'm kind of like, we are all different. We all have different bodies yeah. and we're all doing different things. Um, but yeah, so I'm 123.7, which means I'm about the weight that I was at when I was 20. Awesome. <laughs> yes. And oh, I feel yeah. like I'm reverse aging, which is nice. Benjamin Button's disease. I am. I keep saying I'm Benjamin Buttoning. <laughs> I found a photo from about four years ago and I was like, I look like a full-blown middle-aged lady. <laughs> like, it's not great. <laughs> I've gone back 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, sorry, go on. I cut you off. That's fine. Um, so that was essentially what it was, what happened. Now, because we've touched on it a fair bit, and this, this was one of the questions, which is why I was laughing, um what's next what is next for sarah okay so i having a family is next but not tomorrow like it's still it's still yeah not tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> just started a new job gotta be on there long enough for that leave at least. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah no that that and that's been the ultimate goal basically like that's why I was like okay I need to make a change like I'm 33 in May um and I know I've still got plenty of time whatever but you know eggs do expire um got a best before date (laughs) they do have a best before (laughs) date unfortunately um but at the moment I just like looking short term I just want to focus on my fitness and feeling strong and feeling healthy like it's I know it sounds pretty simple but I don't get pain anymore it's so nice to just like I I kind of had forgotten about the pain that I used to live with every day just from the way that I was you know it would hurt to get out of bed it would like I bound out of bed now. I'm like, whoop, okay, here we go. Um, whereas it used to be like a whole big thing and I couldn't put my shoes on or put my socks on. I couldn't do my bra up. Whereas now I'm like flexible. It's great. Like I can reach my toes. I can do all can that. Me... Yeah, I can do all that. It's fantastic. So it's just those simple things and just like, yeah, living living life to the fullest. But, um, you know, in the next, I want to say two years, family. Awesome. So, yeah. Good luck with it all. Thanks. Um, what is the, everything we've been through, hmm. what is a piece of advice or multiple pieces of advices, whatever you want to do for someone that is in that headspace of being stuck, overwhelmed with everything that is going on, considering weight loss surgery or getting a coach or doing this or doing that or the multitude of things that could run through their head, what would be the piece of advice you would give to that person about to make a decision on their health journey? The one thing I always say is remember that you don't have to change everything at once. So choose one thing that is easy to start working on, whether it be making sure that you get enough water every day or doing 2000 extra more steps than you were doing. Like I'm not saying do your full 10 because if you're only doing 2000 steps a day and someone goes, you need to do 10,000, you're going to be like, oh my God, this is like climbing a a mountain. Yeah. Just start small, work on each day at a time. And when that becomes habit, add in something new because it takes time. This is not going to happen overnight. 
it's probably not going to happen in a month or six months or a year. It takes time. You know, I am four years down the track of consistently looking after my health. And at the start, if you had have said that, I would have been like, oh my God, that is so much time. But I look at it now and I'm like, that was so much time where I was able to actually concentrate on myself and learn about all the things that I needed to learn about to get myself to where I am now. Yep. And it's been a day by day learning experience. I didn't know it all at the start. I don't know it all now, Yep. but it's been a day by day experience. So yeah, it's going to take time, but it's also going to be fucking worth it. Yeah. hundred percent. It is with the, to add on to that, to people that are mm. listening, when it comes to time, it may feel like forever when you look at four years for X amount of weight. But as you said, if you keep going day by day and just compounding that, how many times have you gotten to the end of the year and you've gone, oh my God, where did that go? Like, I've gotten to the end of February and I'm like, oh my God, where did that go? Like we're two months into the, the end year. Of Feb. <laughs> not this weekend but next weekend is the march long weekend that's how far into the year we are and that's how you make people sad (laughs) (laughs) well just think this time last year covid was starting this time we're living a covid normal life so it can't get any worse exactly sorry to the last march did (laughs) but australians are doing well sorry (laughs) yeah that's fine i'm not i'm not mr 305 yet But yeah, Mr. Worldwide. (laughs) Mr. Worldwide. When it comes to the time situation, (laughs) you can either look at time as holy fuck, that is going to take forever. But when you start to change your perspective in terms of, I'm probably going to be on this planet for 80, 90 years, five years of that is next to fucking nothing. Exactly. Your health is one of the only things that you will have from birth until death. So, and if you don't comes... have it, death's going to be a fuckload quicker. Yeah, exactly. So, when you start to look at it in terms of, oh, I don't have time for my health, it's like, well, you need to fucking make time or else it's going to catch up with you. And then that's where people will often come to me at 50, 60, 70, um, not many 70 year olds, but they will be like, oh my God, I need to buy back that time. It's yeah. like, well, you can't. And, so... like, don't get me wrong, like, I, the only regret I have about having surgery and having done this whole thing that is that I didn't decide to do it 10 years ago. Yeah. Yep. Like I, and I know that I had to go through all that time and all of that life to get myself to where I am now. And I accept that, but I'm like, I could have gained so much time back, you mm. know, life back, but that's so, but also like, it's okay to do that. Yeah. And the other, I'm going to say one other little nugget of wisdom I'd that I love saying seven. to people <laughs> because everyone's, you know, we're all, we're all like, oh, I'll start on Monday or oh, I fell off the wagon. I'll start tomorrow. I remember reading somewhere being like, when we get a flat tire on our car, we don't throw out the whole car. We change the tire and move the fuck on. So whenever anyone's yep. like, oh, I had this huge meal and I haven't walked today, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, so pick yourself up and keep going. It's fine. And mm-hmm. 
Like also take the guilt away from that big meal or whatever the naughty meal you think it was. Take the guilt away. Food doesn't have good or bad or naughty or whatever. Fuck that off. Change the tire and move on. Yeah. Like don't throw the car out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then when it comes to those meals of, oh my God, I had a bad meal. The, the easiest way that I say to people, like, first off, let's use the example of breakfast, lunch, dinner, three meals a day, seven days a week, 21 meals. If you have one bad meal in that week and you're worried about that one meal, you've got 20 fucking more meals that you're going to have that you could potentially use to help nourish your body and your mind yeah. and everything else around it. But so many people are focused on the negatives of something. When if you focus on, even if you had 20% negatives and 80% positives, it's not, you know, that's a good ratio, but people yeah. would be going, my life is a failure because of these 20 things out of a hundred. And I'll be like, well, what about the other 80? They're like, no, 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 don't worry about that. They're fine. They're good. It's not until people start quote unquote, fucking up or failing that they go, oh my God, I need to do something about this. It's not until something goes wrong when they actually make a decision about it or do something about it when, and I'm talking about health now, but when most of it could have been proactively approached, yeah. everybody is reactive. You see professional athletes doing a lot of prehab work. Like they're in the gym doing that shit so they don't get injured. But for some reason, junior AFL or whatever, like I get some referrals from physios and they don't see me. They don't see anybody for their strength training. They just go injured physio right back Mm. out on the field. Then they get injured again, go back to the physio back out on the field. They're not supporting themselves before they even start. Exactly. They're not doing anything to make sure that it doesn't happen again. And that analogy for any sort of health is if you have a bad meal in the week, who gives a fuck? Just use the extra calories, switch the perspective and use the calories as fuel. Go smash a PB for next week. I've had clients that have been like, hey, Trav, I've completely butchered this week and I haven't tracked. I haven't done anything. I'm pretty sure I've put on weight. I haven't done anything. Oh my God, I'm freaking the fuck out. And I'm like, okay, cool. Have you done your workouts? Yeah. Okay, cool. What we're going to do is just add that little bit more and see how many PBs you can hit this week. Yeah. And like, oh, okay. So we do that. And then they go off and smash PBs because now they've got all these extra calories. And I'm just like, all you did was carb load there. Great decision. That's all you did. So as <laughs> soon as you switch the yeah. perspective that nothing is bad, that you can use it for a reason. And that if you really look for it, there's a silver lining in everything and everything can be good if you allow it to be. And the bottom line is we're not, we can't all just like, we can't live our lives on broccoli, rice and chicken. It's fucking shit. Like, <laughs> I think you, you've lived that life, haven't you? I haven't because like, no, thank you. Yeah. But, once when yeah, someone was that, like, oh, this is what you do to get shredded. And I was like, okay, cool. When I was like 17, yeah, then yeah. I did it three days in. I was like, this is fucking gross. Like, I can't eat this. What's wrong with it? I'm like, can I put yep. sauce on it? Like, nah. Sauce will ruin that. No one tells you you can season your chicken. Who wants to eat unseasoned chicken? Yeah. Like, it's fucking, that's terrible. So, yeah, I don't do that. That's why I don't (laughs) do that. Tangent. 
that's why I don't do meal plans or anything like that because they're fucking terrible. They don't work. But anyway, I cut you off. Go on. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just saying that I was on a tangent. But like, I think one of the things that I that I've also really worked hard on is taking guilt out of food because yep. that like I had a lot of guilt and that that made me keep my weight on. I had guilt around the size I was in. I had guilt around the food that I was eating. Um, I was scared of what life would be like having lost weight because I had never known like I'd, I'd never successfully done it I was scared of what my body would like be like afterwards I was scared of all yeah. this stuff instead of thinking I was thinking about the negatives instead of thinking about the positives yeah you know and it wasn't until I switched that and I was like okay you got to look at the positives that things actually started to change and I didn't have those mental blockers that had me only losing the the same five kilos over and over again but gaining another 15 when I put it back on like yeah which was my life for 10 years Oh, yeah. you know that is fucking be grateful it was only 10 years <laughs> yeah like, like i think for me specifically it was from the age like 21 until i started losing weight so it was probably a little bit less than that but yep. even then as a teen you know for me weight has always been a struggle like as a tiny child even though i ate really well i just always was bigger but in saying that when i got to being like late teens and early adults and I went and lived by myself you know we lived on UDLs and Maccas like the way it should be and, and <laughs> spaghetti, spaghetti jaffel you know like, there, was, there was no balance there. no, there's no in between no in between I just don't do something think healthy I, for today we'll just go jaffel yeah I don't think our fridge saw a veggie ever <laughs> you put it in there it just rots straight away because it's like unknown substance (laughs) yeah yeah i think the healthiest thing in our fridge one day i opened and there was a huntsman i reckon that was the the healthiest thing in our fridge once i got to about 19 but yeah (laughs) i I would have shut that fridge and burnt it and thrown it out of the house and oh i did i screamed yeah (laughs) i was like fuck off Jaden. can you come kill this (laughs) i'm like how did a huntsman like dinner plate size huntsman get in the fridge Jesus, probably from the radioactivity of the Maccas it was in there. Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. But yeah, so it's been a long, long time learning time, but it's it's good to actually look back on it now and be like, yeah, it was all for something. Yeah. It's always going to be a learning experience. Like I'm six years into being a professional. I know like a very small percentage of what is out there. And then compared to a normal person, a normal person, general populist person coming in and like, how do I lose weight? It's like, well, and then the first thing that goes through my head is a fucking hangover with like all the math equations and things <laughs> flying past my head. I'm like, here's 20 million different options. Yeah. yeah. The thing is like everybody gets caught up in the, and I reckon this will be the last thing and then we'll start wrapping it up. Yeah, um, good. Cause I need to go to the gym. Two. <laughs> good. And I got a date at seven o'clock with someone. Oh, wonder who that is. I haven't um, done my learnings yet either. I'll have to try and listen to them on the treadmill. Yeah, listen to your learnings on the treadmill and then we'll we'll do that at seven. Um, anywho, um, everybody gets caught up in the overwhelm of information that is out there. Should I do keto or should I not do keto? Should I do this? Should I do that? Whatever. And the amount of conflicting information that is out there. But I can guarantee you, if you just start, you will remove 99 million percent. <laughs> I knew where you were going. 
Yeah, that's all right. You'll remove 99.99% of the doubt that you currently have just by starting because then you can talk and think from a place of experience as opposed to a place of anxiety. And if you just start, take the first step, whatever the first step is for anybody out there, just take it. It like apply for whatever it is, inquire for a coach, go to the gym, talk to a surgeon, talk to a friend, talk to a family member, whatever it is, take the first step in asking for help, figure it out, whatever the first step is for you and just do it. Don't worry about the what ifs of the negatives because there's always going to be negatives in any situation. But the good thing about that is that there's always going to be positives in a situation as well. Even if you, like I tell my clients on the first week, it's going to be messy and you're going to fuck it up. But the good thing about it is that I need you to fuck up so that you can learn from it because the program isn't about losing 10 kilos. It's about how can you lose the entire 40 kilos by yourself without me so that you can actually explore the self-love and the mindset behind it and the mental health behind I'm actually worthy of going to the gym and eating a veggie and doing this and doing that and taking care of my body. So and actually educate yourself around being able to do it and maintain it. Yes. Because we all we all think about the doing, but we don't think about the maintaining. The what next? Yes, because as I said, it's not like I just get surgery, lose weight, and I'm like, okay, done. I'm a skinny yep. bitch. No. Yep. Like <laughs> it's the learning how to live the rest of our lives in a balanced and healthy way. Exactly. The very first thing you said when you came on to this episode mm. was the first thing that you did was look at life after surgery. You started doing your research and learning about all that and self-love and what was it going to be like once it had happened as opposed to using it as a flagship of, okay, I'm done. Yeah. So take the first step. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be messy. You're going to make mistakes. But the good thing is every great person has fucked up or failed, quote unquote, to get to where they are today. I wouldn't be where I am if I wasn't a hot mess earlier in my life. And a lot of other people wouldn't be where they are if they hadn't failed so many times before. That's what makes a great fucking movie. Just, yeah. just keep going. Just keep pushing just start don't worry about self-doubt everybody has it and the best way to get rid of self-doubt is just by fucking starting and just putting one foot in front of the other yeah 100 percent. cool um that is us i'm gonna let you get to the gym and go do your stuff as you're halfway out the door already um no that's right i haven't taken my pre-workout and i don't have socks on yet so (laughs) don't even have socks on wow pre-workout's not good um <laughs> no i haven't taken it yet I just, yeah. <laughs> all right calm <sighs> down um <laughs> so sorry i keep getting us. calls from a private phone number and i'm like fuck off they've left a message <laughs> <laughs> i'd like to talk to you about your electricity <laughs> um <laughs> sorry i'm like oh, who who calls on private numbers these days like you all know that us millennials are not going to answer the fucking phone exactly like, like give us your address, who you are, your career. Yeah. Give us all of that, and then we'll maybe answer. And then I might answer it. Yeah, yeah. solid maybe. <laughs> oh. so all righty. That is us for today. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us and talking shit and having a conversation around everything. Um, yeah, love it. 
Awesome. Anything Thanks else for you want to leave us with? No, get out there, be awesome. Sweet. You get can do it. You are worthy. Yeah. Vogue. <laughs> awesome. We'll just cut shapes until we're done. Um, awesome. Cheers. Thank you so much. I'll see you in a couple of hours. Yes. I'll see you for the coaching call. Um, yeah. enjoy, enjoy the gym. Enjoy your pre-workout. Mm. Put some socks on. Kill it at life. And I'll see you in a little bit. <laughs> Rightio. See ya. All right. See ya.